Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got the commentary to what if you commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, eats and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hoggy and nonsense. Hey, uh, I'm Ryan Lambert. Uh, from EP Rinkside, and uh, it's a it's a new uh, era of Puck Soup, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah. Now say who you are. I'm Sean McIndoo from the Athletic. We did it. And that's it. Yeah. Okay. Show's over. Have a good that's night, it. everybody. There are. Um, no. Wait a second. It says here we have to talk about hockey. Oh. So. So even why don't we? The boss first... isn't here. Do we really have to? <laughs> well. Yeah, we should, we should probably before we start, we should probably explain for anyone who missed the yeah, last that's week's a good point. <laughs> What's happening here? Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, we fired Greg. Is. He was uh, <laughs> found. Yeah, out. the explanation is ESPN doesn't let Greg do podcasts anymore. That's it. There's there's nothing else to really say about it. I think yep. that's as succinct as it gets. Um, yeah, so we, we, we soldier on and then, uh, Greg is doing a bunch of non, uh, hockey podcasting over on our Patreon. I think that's right. So if you're, if you're not in the loop, uh, we, we won't roll through all the details again, but, uh, check out the, the, there, there should be in your feed a special shorter episode from last week, uh, that you maybe skipped over. That uh, will will explain it to you, and if you heard that episode, then uh, you're already caught up, and you're uh, waiting for us to uh, start talking about whatever happened in the NHL this week. Which is why we're starting by talking about what happened on AEW Dynamite this Wednesday. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Just um, in case you were worried that the absence of Greg was going to result in this not secretly being a wrestling podcast. That's right. Um, so, I mean, this is sort of a backdoor way to talk about how bad the New York Islanders are. Um, but let's put it this way. Both CM Punk and uh, AEW tag team The Acclaimed... Uh, came out and did like a heel shtick by uh by saying the islanders stink. That's right. Cuz they were in the new arena. They were in the UBS yes. arena. And that's I mean it's it's as old as time, right? When you're a wrestler and you want to get the crowd against you, you come out and say that the local sports team sucks. Um but in this case, the local sports team does suck and that uh, made it probably a slightly less effective tactic. Um you know, normally you see a wrestler comes out and he's like, ah, you know, the Green Bay Packers stink and the crowd starts booing. <laughs> They're 11 and 2 at that yeah. point. Season, but at this yeah. point, he's like, you know, the Islanders haven't won in this building and there's like murmurs in the crowd and they're like, yeah, he's he's got us. My favorite part of the whole thing, though, was like halfway through, he just goes, uh, and, and, you know, if, for the many of you who aren't wrestling fans, CM Punk is a well-known wrestler and he's he's considered to be one of the best talkers. Uh, so he knows what he's doing in there, and he just halfway through, he just uh, he goes, "Yeah, the only game you guys have won is against the Senators," and that's like me beating. And then I don't know who he said because I don't watch this show, but I'm assuming the name of the guy he said was someone who's not very good. Uh, and it was just like this random drive-by shot at the Ottawa Senators, which uh, I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but somebody 
in response to that sent me like the the picture of the guy with the hat from the courtroom sketch and i think you should leave which <laughs> that's right uh, i think that that captures the vibe you know there's you're just uh you know drake batherson's just sitting at home watching aw and all of a sudden he <laughs> what did just, i do yeah, yeah <laughs> randomly run down um it the the thing about that though uh for again for those who don't know is uh, CM Punk is from Chicago, big Blackhawks guy, mm-hmm. and that that really felt like, oh, I guess you do think you have a leg to stand on. All right, that's yep. interesting. Okay, yep. CM. Uh, but yeah, and then like I said, the acclaimed came out and said something like their uh, their their gimmick is that I think they are bad at rapping. You know. Okay. And uh, and they're like, listen, listen, uh, you know, something, something. Take more L than the Islanders, and the the crowd booed. But nice. again, that's just like kind of what you uh, what you're supposed to do. So yeah, it, that was anytime I, wrestling comes up. Uh, CM Punk often wears like wrestling shirt, or uh, sometimes wears wrestling shirts. But he yeah, just he's, as often he's like a legit hockey fan. He is big time. Yeah, arguably. I I'd have to think about this, but I think arguably he might be the most famous person that's ever like retweeted one of my random hockey jokes. That's right. So it's uh yeah, good good old see I'm always trying to get the younger talent over. <laughs> that's but, right. He's like, Oh, this joke about the nineteen ninety four uh New York Rangers really appeals to me. Exactly. Um but yeah, the Islanders stink. Uh, it's interesting because they did just go on a little run where they at least got four or, or they got whatever, like seven points out of four games or something like that. Is that how that? No, five points out of four games, which is better than they'd been doing. Yeah. Uh, but which which is to say they still lost three of those games, but they that's right. got to overtime. And then this is this is where we point out that those opponents were San Jose, the Detroit Red Wings, Chicago, Ottawa. Yep. Not good. And then Not back to losing in regulation to Nashville. And so, if I'm yeah. I, I actually didn't watch this game last night, but it was like a they blew it in the in the third period, right? I think That's, so. I think they were up yeah. with seven left or or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah, you couldn't uh you couldn't pay me to watch an Islanders Predators game this season. No. So. In fact, uh my company has tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the the Patreon members have uh may <laughs> That's right. They feel differently, but yeah, it's it's good that you're yeah, from us. We, so anyways, we got good, an interesting question on the mailbag about like what do they do because you know they're yeah i feel like a mile the, out of the playoffs C- at this cm point. punk gave them that was a service it was like a chance i, I feel like th- those are not the loudest boos that we're going to hear in that arena potentially <laughs> right this year it yeah. might be a warm-up so yeah but yeah um speaking of teams uh that are kind of going through it right now uh, since we last spoke to you, because I was traveling uh, last week and early this week, uh, we we didn't talk about any of the stuff with the Canucks, obviously, and we didn't talk about uh, the Flyers firing uh, Elaine Vigneault. Um, let's start with the Canucks. They're a little more interesting, I guess. Um, what do you think of Bruce Boudreaux getting hired? I guess my, my first thought would be I'm really happy for Bruce Boudreaux. Like, I think that was everybody's first yeah. thought, yeah. Like, he just seems like a good dude. I have no idea if he is or not, but he just kind of has that, like, jolly energy. Uh, and he was a guy that, like, I I think he's a 
has been a really good coach throughout his career. And, and I mean, I, I remember having this argument even even on this show about his, his playoff record or his Game 7 record and, and whether that reflected on him as much as it seemed to in terms of his reputation. And I thought he was a really good coach. I thought he got a bad rap in a few of the places that he that he had been. And I was hoping to see him get another chance. And then when he... You know, we left Minnesota and and didn't didn't pick up a new job anytime soon. You started to wonder if like this this is it. I mean, as much as we talk about yeah. the NHL recycling the same guys, at some point they do move on from from some guys. And and Bruce Boudreau is is not exactly a young uh, young man anymore. And you kind of thought maybe the opportunity isn't going to be there. And then this one came along. Clearly, part of this was was that he took the short term contract. Um, where you know he's he's not the interim coach but he almost kind of is because he's only got one year after this and if they a new gm came in and decided they wanted somebody else they could do it reasonably cheaply but well that's know. the other thing is i think it was emily kaplan reported that this is only a uh this is only like a a a a, a, a one-year deal with an option for next year oh wow okay who's option that I didn't see. Because if it's the <laughs> team option, question. then that's yeah, that's not a two-year contract. Yeah, I mean, I, I and look, it makes sense if you're Let's a guy like up. like uh, Boudreaux, you probably feel like you you've got to take anything that'll get you behind a bench. Um. Yeah, absolutely. So I see why why he did that, but I, you know, I guess there was um, it, there was it, it sounds like they talked contract with Claude Julian. Um, but he wouldn't go short on the con. He wanted at least three years. So, um, you know, that that's great. Now, the bigger question is, is that the right hire? Is this the guy who um, who's who's really going to uh, uh, turn the team around? And short term, the results have been good. But we see that a lot with with new hires and it doesn't necessarily um, mean anything for the long term. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I think so. I, I definitely like think it. so. Yeah, I mean, look, what's what's the problem with with the Canucks this year is they're not getting enough out of their best players. Um I and I think, you know, look at look at Boudreaux's history everywhere he goes, right? Every, like scoring goals isn't the problem, you know? And I I guess my point is that like, you know, you you can't you can't rely on the guys the the Canucks have on the blue line to be good defensemen. Like that's just not um, what they're what they're gonna do based on their talent level and and their track records and all that kind of stuff. So you know if if you need to start winning four three games, I feel like you know that's kind of Bruce Boudreaux's whole deal. Um, like at a bare, at a bare minimum, and then you know they're going to control the play and that sort of thing. Um, again, that's just kind of their track record. And and do do I think the Canucks are good? No. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? No. Uh, but if the you know if you're trying to get the most out of your guys, I don't. I can't think of too many coaches better than Boudreaux, right? Yeah, and you know he's he's considered a player's coach and I guess the other thing to say here is like I think Travis Green is a good coach but it had become very clear that they were going to make a change to yep. the point that and they needed to Absolutely. and they needed yeah I, sometimes you know you 
you still need to move on from from even good coaches and uh that's that's just the reality of sports and especially once you start seeing reports in the media about they're talking to this coach or that coach uh, you know be- yeah, better to make, make the move now too good. the the one thing that was strange about it was the fact that they fired the coach and the gm and then hired the new coach before a new gm which maybe links into why Boudreaux's contract is a short one. Um, but right. that's strange. Uh, you know, a lot of people noted that that's kind of being done out of order. One wonders then if they're, if this is them doing the Carolina thing where basically all front office decisions are now made by committee, you know? Yeah. Or opposed- by the owner, which is what scares you if you're a Vancouver yes. fan because they're not, you know... There are very few owners in all of pro sports that you want having any sort of hands-on thing, and I don't think this is one of them. Right. Yeah, no, I I, to- I obviously agree with that. Um, you know, Aquilini's uh, situation has not been good, and, like, a lot of, you know, what we heard was, you know, they, are, they were actually pretty convinced that the team was going to be good this year, and, and blah, 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 and, and in the past... Um, you know, GMs have been fired for saying, well, I'm not going to do the thing the owner just asked me to do. That would be an insane thing to do. Uh, you know, so you always do wonder how much autonomy anybody they bring in uh, to be the GM is going to have, especially because, and this is the other thing with them, uh, they just brought in Jim Rutherford to be like, what is it, president of hockey ops or something yep. along those and lines. Interim and GM. Interim GM. Um, which... You know, if you're going to have somebody oversee a fire sale, that I think that's fine. Um I don't I don't know that Jim Rutherford is going to get uh conned or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh whereas, you know, I feel like Jim Benning definitely would have um with that having been said, you know, again, like the, whoever they bring in is just going to be like, "Oh yeah, I'm uh l- like how much autonomy do I really have?" cuz and it's, um, yeah. you know, I, I I like Jim Rutherford partly because he's one of those old school GMs uh, who uh, still makes a lot of trades, and it, which is always interesting from the outside. But I mean, he's he's old school, and the emphasis is not on the school in that <laughs> sentence. So there's right, you know, it, it's I could see looking at this going, all right, here's this organization. We need new blood. We need new ideas. What do we got? Let's bring in a coach with a thousand games and a GM who's in his seventies. And it's just kind of like, here we go. It's, this is classic 200 hockey men stuff and you know, what have you. But what I like about bringing in Rutherford is two things. First of all, he's got enough of a reputation that if you need somebody to push back on an owner, he's Mm. a guy who can do it. You know, a guy with two cup rings on his hand with, you know, GM of the year and he's all this stuff who, who can just say, you know, if I, I'll, I'll walk, you know, I'll, I don't need this. Um, you know, that's that, you know, his reputation is solid. And then it, it, it opens the door to them much like in Montreal, uh, potentially with Jeff Gordon to, to bring in somebody younger, uh, you know, somebody who is a set of fresh eyes and have them not learn on the job, but do the job with some protection from above where they're not 
you know, they're they're not the the top of the org chart um, as far as answering for whatever moves they make. So that's one way it could go. Obviously, they could bring in somebody else, recycle the name. It, Jim Rutherford, I mean, the, the talk about how, you know, all the options are on the table leads me to believe that it's not completely out of the question. Jim Rutherford might just say, you know, who I've hired as GM is Jim Rutherford. I'm, well, so I'm I, I, I saw yesterday, and I don't remember where I saw this, so I apologize. It might have been. But, like, I don't follow anybody who would just make shit up. So, um, you know, it, it it was basically a thing of, like, he's going to look to hire a younger G, like GM to mentor and, and that kind of thing. And that, to me, I was like, hey, wasn't that the freaking idea in Pittsburgh? And then he stayed there for like six, seven years. Is yep. that – do I remember that correctly? I, um, and so, I, yeah, so, like, yeah. I I guess that's the, the point of concern you might have is like like you said, he might just decide, you know, it was perfect for this job actually. I know just the man. His name is Jim Rutherford. And, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like I think – I think, you know, now when when they hired him in, in Pittsburgh and he was the old man then, like, again, seven, eight years have passed since then, right? So that that maybe gives you a little more uh, hope that he'll actually bring in someone to do the more day-to-day stuff and he's the ideas man or whatever. Hmm. Um, and again, like, if you end up just sitting around a table with a, with a hockey ops department... Um, and making decisions that way rather than, like, I'm Jim Rutherford and this is what I think we should do. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. But, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. And I get the feeling that they're not going to, um, whatever. I don't think they're going to, like, make this decision tomorrow. I think they're going to make this decision. Yeah. They've bought some time after now. The trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Great job by Stan Smeal in the uh, four days that he was interim GM. Um, he did do the thing where they were like, so could you make a trade if, if you wanted to? And he was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> Very funny to me. <laughs> Anytime that happens where it's like you're clearly just a seat warmer because a, I, a, I guess an NHL uh, team can't go yeah. without a, a, an even interim GM for one day. Do you think uh, other GMs, like, call him up when they hear that? Do you think anyone's like, hey, Stan, Stan. have I got a deal for you? <laughs> yeah. Elias Pettersson for... I still remember, like, I this the when the Leafs, like, a week before they hired Brian Burke, when everybody knew they were hired, like, for months, everyone was like, yeah, Brian Burke's coming to Toronto. And, like, a week yeah. before, an interim GM, Cliff Fletcher, traded... Carlo Colavacchio and Alex Steen for, um, Jesus, I can't even, I'm drawing a blank. I think that was the Lee Stempniak. Yes, that was it for Lee Stempniak. Like two young former first round picks. For a guy Um, who had shot like 18% the year before. Yeah. Yeah. And who was just, and you know, Steen ended up being a real good, you know, middle six player for the Blues for a long time. And, and then like three days later, they're like, yeah, Burke's here. And it was like, did. Did we have to make that trade last week? Right. Because uh, maybe that happens again. But uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, look, the fly, uh, the the Canucks. It, it can't be any worse than it has been. So it's not Jim Benning anymore. That's an upgrade. Big W. And, yeah. Yeah. So the so I guess the question is, you know, like are they in better shape now than the Flyers are? Because I look at that Flyers roster and I go, uh oh. This, like this is a similarly dire situation, but with the added uh, 
thing of like they don't have anybody on the roster whose ceiling is Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson, right? Like that's that's no, the real issue. Like the so. Canucks have guys they can theoretically build around. Do 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 the Flyers like l- legitimately? I don't I don't know. I don't. I mean, I, I guess your your view on Carter Hart would be. Yeah, that. that's that's true. Like I, I think long term, I like him more than I like. Uh, 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 why am I blanking on his name? The Canucks goalie. That's your that's your Demko. that's your Demko. Yeah, but um, yeah, long term, I like him better than Demko. I guess just because he's younger and uh, you know has a similarly uh, strong pre NHL track record. But yeah, no, the the Flyers have a ways to go. I mean, I. I Provorov maybe is the guy that you might say would, would yeah, be. Yeah, and maybe Konechny or somebody like that, right? But. Maybe, yeah. The, the one thing that the Flyers do have that the Canucks don't, and I'm I'm, I'm getting I'm getting ahead a little bit here, but maybe I, you know, it's, it's worth thinking ahead. They do have a legitimate star in the last year of his deal in Claude Giroux, that if you're going to go right. full rebuild... Um, is that something like, I mean, the Canucks, you can sit there and go, well, you know, they should tear it down. They should, but then you look at the, like a lot of teams, they you look at the, yeah. the cap hit and you're like, well, where, who are they going to move? Who's somebody going to give them? Whereas Giroux's a guy that the last year of his deal, unrestricted free agent, um, and, and still a real good player where, mm-hmm. you know, some team somewhere at the deadline when that $8 million cap hit is now no longer, uh, all that onerous because you're only paying a fraction and the Flyers can retain and all that stuff. Um, that could be a really attractive piece. Now, he's got a no-movement clause. Who knows whether he'd want to go? Who knows whether, you know, he 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 may even be extended between now and then. It's tough to say. But that's kind of the one move where you're looking at saying, like, they could jumpstart things uh, by making a move like that, whereas the Canucks uh, don't don't really have that ammo. Yeah. It, it it it's interesting only so far in so far as this is going to shock people. Uh, I think why would they re-sign uh, Giroux? Right? Like what what would be the upside there? He's he's got to be in his mid thirties, thirty three, thirty four, something like that, and um, he's not going to be cheap, right? So like nope. what again? Like what would be the point? You know, if you're if you're looking at this going well, I you know I kind of think that. Uh, we're maybe not going to be very good the next few years, especially looking at that defense. Um, like like you said, Provorov's good-ish, uh, maybe, in the right situation. Uh, Sanheim's good, uh, maybe, in the right situation. And then everybody else, you're like, yeah, I guess I don't really rate any of the Like Ryan Ellis, I guess, is signed long-term as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't I, stay and healthy. I still, and... I still like Sean Couturier, but he's, he's a guy that, like, you, I, I always, and I did this just a few minutes ago when you start talking about the Flyers' young pieces. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, Couturier, and then. Oh, he's got to be like 27, 28, he's, right? He's 29. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, so, there you go. You know, he's not. Uh, and, he, and he just signed long term, right? Like over the summer. Yeah. Am I right about this? Yeah. So. so the the one know. interesting thing that I look at, because as we're talking, I had the cap friendly page up for Vancouver and Philadelphia. Between those two teams. They have one draft pick in the next three years that isn't their own pick. So, and that is the Canucks own the Jets' third round pick this year from the Nate Schmidt deal. Um, that's it. 
Vancouver doesn't have anything else. Philadelphia has nothing. They do, they have not acquired a single extra pick in the next three years. They've traded away a couple of second round picks. So it's. I was just gonna say I I, I would be shocked if they hadn't also been they, active on the trade front. That they do have all their first round picks, both teams, which is good, especially Vancouver because they haven't the last two years. Um, but it's it's not like you know some teams kind of see this coming and start laying a bit of the groundwork, or you'd think even just accidentally you would you would acquire a couple of picks along the way. But it's it's very it's very rare that you look at a cap friendly page and go to that draft tracker and you just see nothing but that team's logo uh, twenty one times, and that's what we got here with the with the Flyers and almost with the Canucks. So there's work to be done. For sure. Yeah, and and the other thing again is like in both cases, much like the Islanders, it's like yeah, they're not making the playoffs this year. Come on. Um, yeah. The what what is it? The 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 Flyers are are in a ten game losing streak right now. Is that right? Uh, that uh, that does sound right. It, yeah. does, it hit double digits. Yeah. Yep. So lost lost their tenth a couple nights ago. Yeah. The dog crap. And they're in Vegas tonight, so that. that's a good. That's always oh, a good place sure, to be. Oh sure, no problem. You. But then they've got Arizona tomorrow night. So that would be either that's your end of the losing streak or that's, or that's your trade everybody game. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the other thing about the Flyers is they were like, we had to make all these. We, we were crap last year. We have to make all these changes uh, to the roster, make everybody more likable or, or whatever. Um, we get Jake Voracek out of here, which, you know, fine. That's whatever. They should have done that. Um and yeah, they're they're still this, and and you know, does somebody want Cam Atkinson or something like that? I don't yeah, know, but maybe. But yeah, they they remade their whole blue line, and all of the smarty pants analytics types didn't like what they did, and all of the watch the games crew thought it was good. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, that works out again. Well, I, I I guess what what we haven't mentioned with. The Flyers is Mike Yao coming in as the oh yeah Mike Yao yeah he uh is the interim He's a bad coach, coach. Um, yeah okay. uh, it's interesting because again yeah he 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 was just like he's the interim because he was an assistant already so I don't I don't think they are gonna go with Mike Yo as their long I I would really hope for the Flyers' sake that they don't go with Mike Yo as their long term solution because he isn't one you know. Um, like he just doesn't. Have, let's put it this way: the St. Louis Blues fired him, and then immediately became the best team in the league and won the Stanley that's Cup. It. That's right. Like that's that's what that's the Mike Yo experience. Oh, that's you, the do joke, you need to get right? more out of a roster. Fire because, this guy. Because here's the thing: like Cliff Fletcher, you're right. He's interim coach, and and you didn't get the vibe that this guy is the long term answer, but. Chuck Fletcher did seem to kind of indicate that he's comfortable with him for a while now. Like, there's not, this isn't like a guy who's necessarily been given the reins for, like, just hold tight for two or three games while we bring in somebody. It, it like, maybe could be the rest of the season or whatever have you. And, Which and is he fine. Made, You're trying to be bad. Yeah, probably. And, and But he made some comment about, like, you know, Mike Yo knows about turnarounds and I, I, you know, me and probably a lot of other people tweeted the same joke, which is that, well, you know, Mike Yo was part of the greatest turnaround in NHL. He, he was a, he played a key role That's right. in the greatest. And I actually had just further proof that there is no joke you can make that is more on the nose that somebody won't take it the wrong way. And like, I had 
angry Blues fans tweeting me, and they're like, what are you talking about? The, his his role was getting fired. fired. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that is... No, I know. That is exactly Thank the you. joke. Thank you. Yeah. People are... Uh, people People get it, is, is my yeah. Uh, yeah. my experience. People are with it. They're, they're very chill when they miss Hockey fans are so things. cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of getting it, and this is actually a good ad transition, because if you're uh, not sure what to get as a gift or stocking stuffer this holiday season, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Uh, it's Man- Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming and has served more than 4 million men worldwide. Uh, it says here that's almost 8 million balls. Uh, get 20% off plus free shipping at uh, manscaped.com with the code PUCK. Um, they have sent me uh, stuff in the past, a, a bunch of their different products. I would say they have all been... Uh, really good i i don't know uh what your what your personal needs are for this kind of thing but i you know i've used it it's good so uh you can also just use it as like a beard trimmer if that's more your deal um the 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 formulations are all vegan uh cruelty free dye free sulfate free paraben free so you know their products are legit um some some of the stuff that they would uh that they would say are their their picks for surefire stocking stuffer winners. Uh, the Manscaped 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, it's brand new. It just launched, and that kills two birds with one stone. Uh, there's the Manscaped Cologne-Infused Body Wash. There's the Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit. There's Crop Mops, uh, which are wipes. And there's uh, the Manscaped Signature Cologne. There's also, of course, the uh, Lawnmower Body Trimmer. Uh, the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver Deodorant and Toner. Uh, if you buy the Performance Package, you will get uh, two free gifts, which is a pair of boxers and a shed travel bag. So again, if you want to get 20% off and free shipping, go to manscaped.com with the code PUCK20. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. Uh, okay, so the other thing, the other big news this week, I guess, is that it's uh, Board of Governors time, and I guess the big bit of news out of that is that the NHL is doing what it's calling, like, the Respect Initiative or something along those lines. Respect is definitely in the name. Yeah, I think um, I think in all caps, even. Yeah, to indicate, I believe, that it stands for something. What, what does it stand for? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's... Um, the 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 gist of it is i guess is that um you know they're they're going to do more education and training around like uh i guess reporting um misdeeds misconduct you mm-hmm. know um but you know that's one of those things where it's like yeah we're we have all these ideas um and uh, you know we'll we'll let you know about them later. <laughs> it's basically, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where it, and and you know, what does respect mean? It it sort of has. I'd say it seems like is their catch all for many of the issues that uh, we've we've been talking about in this sport in this league over the last couple of years. Uh, there's going to be a training component that that everybody will have to take over the coming months in in the league and then 
they're going to release more details at that point. And I, I don't know. I don't know that there's a ton to say about it right now. Um, it partly because we don't know what it exactly what it is, and also um, because they they've only announced it, and this is the sort yeah, of thing where it's, it actually it says here they they partnered with a group called the Respect Group, and they yeah. you know they put out a statement about how excited they are to work with the NHL and right. And this is you know Kim Davis is involved, and um, the other piece of this is that Sheldon Kennedy is involved, which does. Yeah. It give you potentially some hope that this is going to be more than just, you know, like, like we all remember the whole hockey is for everyone thing um, that uh, was announced to great much fanfare and much back padding and then doesn't seem to have actually changed or done anything. Um, so huh, uh, look how that works. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I think this is the sort of thing where, you know, we we all want the league to do something. We all agreed that the status quo wasn't acceptable. So they're doing something, and you don't want to knock them for that. But at the same time, they have earned absolutely zero benefit of the doubt in advance right. when they say they're going to do something. You you have to see it. And, and this is the first step towards seeing it. So... We we can give them some time, but I don't think it's at all unreasonable to say uh, until we we actually see this working um, in the in the months and years to come that that we're not going to give any um, you know there's no round of applause yet and, and in fact I even saw I think it was Pierre in his piece today said you know well some of us are cynical I don't even think it's being cynical I think it's just being reasonably aware to say that this league of often track record, yeah. you know this league and this sport and you know this culture loves to say they're going to do something and then not actually do it so this could this time could be different um you know kim davis is 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 a smart person who um if if she's allowed to can can drive this uh, in a good direction sheldon kennedy being involved is a good step so this this sounds like it would be a good thing if it goes the way that they're describing it, but we're under zero obligation to give them any advance credit for doing that uh, before they've they've actually shown it to us. Yeah, that's exactly right, and. I don't know. I again, like we're, I think, going to be skeptical of any NHL-related uh, business like this, just because even even if they follow through on everything they say they're going to do, what actually changes, right? Because you would go, well, look, I would expect that if there's a sexual assault uh, perpetrated by someone who works for an NHL team, that uh, th- there wouldn't be a big meeting about how you're going to cover it up or whatever. Um, and then obviously, you know, everything happened. So like, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough situation. And, and again, like good, good for them for actually recognizing that they need to do something about it. But like recognizing that is not the same as doing something about it. So, and it's look, I mean, this is, it's, it's hard work to change cultures and to do, do this sort of stuff. So even if their hearts are in the right place and they legitimately want change and not just 
a PR win, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. So uh, let's let's wait and see. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do the. You know, I'm I'm glad they announced it, but this was the this this is the easiest step in the road to getting there is to just Correct. say you're going to do yep. it. Um, so good for them for doing that, but they got a long way to go. Yeah. Um, let's, in fact, uh, ch- I, on the little outline I have, we had Olympics last, but hey, this is a good place to say Olympic stuff because it's related to the Board of Governors. Um, as we're recording this, uh, we don't know what they're going to say about uh, the Olympics on the league side um, because that's going to be announced later today at the BOG meetings. And so um, we we can talk about everything else. Uh, it might be that a decision's coming soon-ish, but uh, it mostly seems like it's in the players' hands a little bit. And uh, the first bit of player news we have on this is that Robin Laner's like, oh, fuck it, I'm not going. Yep. Which, so uh, that's and, and he gave his reasoning, and uh, I, uh, I think, well, I, I mean, when he made that, and part of it, if if people didn't hear it was, you know, he said that to to go to China and, and what happens if you test positive while you're there, that, that still seems to be an open question. What does the quarantine look like? What happens if you test positive on the last day? Do you can yeah. you fly home or are you now does everyone go home without you and you're stuck in China for two weeks? Um and he felt like from a, a just a mental health perspective that it wasn't uh the best for him. So the question is, who else might be feeling that way, and and will we see more? It's not going to be zero. I don't think so. Other guys. Yep, I um, don't think so. Especially, uh, you know, the the NBA, uh, obviously, they, they did their whole, uh, their Olympic thing uh, this past summer, and um, a bunch of guys sat out. Like, Steph Curry didn't go. I think LeBron didn't go, right? So... And again, understandably so. I don't think anybody's sitting there going, you know, why wouldn't they go? And and that kind of thing. Like, everybody gets it. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, it's interesting to me that uh, that the difference is, obviously, the, the, the playoffs take place, or the Olympics take place in the NBA offseason, whereas... Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, that's not the case in the NHL, and in fact, that provides probably more disincentive, you know, to like, eh, fuck it, I, be- I should stay home then, because... It's like going to be a said, lot of NHL it, teams hoping that their players make that decision. Yes, and, you know, again, like, uh, it's been said a million times, So for a lot of these guys, it's a, it's a situation where they're like, I played my whole life for this. On a recent show, didn't you say somebody that had ne- wasn't it Stamkos had never played in the Olympics? Yeah, right. So like, yeah, you go okay. Of course, like you know, Stephen Stamkos, one of the better players of his generation, borderline Hall of Famer, you might even say. Um, he is maybe going to want to bolster his Hall of Fame reputation with a gold medal, or or just. To say he played in the fucking Olympics would be a big deal for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get all that, but at the same time, you just do you want to be stuck in China for two, three weeks uh, in the middle of the season? Do you want to also risk injury? Do you want to, you know, 
potentially deal with the jet lag that comes from flying across the uh, international uh, dateline and all that kind of stuff. Like, there's a lot of reasons to not do this now. And it, like I said, the the number of guys who opt out after Robin Lehner isn't going to, like, he, Robin Lehner will not be the only one. Let's put it that way. Yep. And, you know, the, the situation as far as the league is concerned is, I mean, look, the, the league has not wanted to go to the Olympics all along. They've been clear about right. that. Well, so that's interesting. Only in so far as you know, if there if there is an Olympics, they want to get involved with one in China that makes uh, that potentially makes hockey a popular sport in China. Uh, that would be the one to go to, right? Unlock whatever one and a half billion people. You, market. you would think, um, although. I don't know if that's the NHL's level of vision or if they'd prefer sure. to be in North America and, and just bump a TV rating a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, you would, you would think, which is why it, it somewhat surprised me that over the years they never seemed, you know, I remember when they didn't go in 2018, I was saying, well, yeah, we all know in 2022 they're going to go because it's China because of the reasons you just said. And the league has, has not wanted that. It seems the players do, and the league, you know, as a concession that was negotiated, uh, initially agreed to go, but they have left the door open, and and basically, from the yeah, they basically said, "Oh, we'll do everything in our power. we'll do everything in our power," um, and that does leave the door open to say, you know, we can't go, and there's various exit clauses and and that sort of thing. It doesn't sound like at this point they're moving towards doing that. It it seems like at this point it's it's still resting on the players to make the call of do they actually want to go or not and it's it's still a fluid situation because you know we're we're probably weeks away from getting to points of no return as far as a decision but that a lot can change in a few weeks you, know, you got a new variant out there there's you know the political situation is shifting around we will see i mean i get the sense that the league would love it if the players said you know what we've changed our minds yeah, of course. Um, but I, I I don't feel like that's likely at this point, but it's uh I don't know. It, like it it was a few weeks ago, right? We were talking about this and, and I said that in terms of the percentage chance of them going, I, I felt like I was drifting south of fifty fifty. And yeah. Greg said a hundred percent still was his his view. And that's um, why he's off the show. Yeah, and we didn't like it and I told him never to question me again and he didn't get the message and so he's gone. Um that's right. But, uh, yeah, I, I I still don't feel great about it, just with all the factors. No, me neither. You know, the league doesn't want to go. The players will wait and see. COVID could still wreak havoc on this whole thing. The the, the politics of it could still blow up. Uh, there's a lot of ways this could, this could go wrong. Um, but in the meantime, we're putting out our Olympic rosters, and, you know, Tom Wilson's right. on Team Canada now, so uh, we got that. That's the best. Maybe that's it. You just announce that Tom Wilson is on Team Canada and everyone will be like, you know what? Forget it. That's right. We yeah. don't need this. We're, we're this all is, set, actually, it we're turns good. out. Um, the other thing to say is uh, they're going to let China play. Is that the most fucking insane thing you've ever heard in your entire life? Yeah. I I mean, I get where they're it's, – it's the host nation and you want to give the chance for there to be a moment where, you know, maybe – Maybe they pull off their own miracle on ice, and you know, which in this case would probably be 
like scoring a goal against not losing by 30 to yeah. Canada, yeah. But it also Because again, like the the thing, you know, you're not allowed to run up the score in the NHL. If you do that, that's classless, that's uh being uh, a bad guy whatever. Um but in international competitions, they love to do it because they get to go, well, I mean, goal difference matters and if if we don't put up 40 on these guys who are in like, you know, the second division KHL uh at best, Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. is going to do it, and if they and if they do it and we don't, we're actually going to look bad. So yep. uh, we have to do it, and it, it and we're actually being very honorable by doing it. And I, and I don't know what the tiebreaker situations are. I don't think that really comes into play just because it's a three game round robin and you're playing each other, so there shouldn't be ties. But yeah, I you mean, never know. You never never know. Let's really hope that we don't see that because yeah, you're you're talking about a, a situation that could get ugly and um, you know and and also you're talking about a situation where okay, what's the alternative, right? Right? What is what does it look like? What what is Canada trying not to run up the score on China look like? Are we just dumping the puck in from yeah the red line? It, it every... looks like a three on three overtime where uh, they realize they're not. Um... They're not going to get near the net, so they leave yeah. the offensive zone, it's, circle back in. But they're just doing that without even looking for. It's a Connor shot. McDavid. Like, remember when you would like in Tecmo Bowl try to run out a whole quarter with Bo Jackson? <laughs> that's right. That's basically yes. going to be him, just going end to end the yeah. entire time. That I mean, it it's going to be grim. Um, but we're I I real I do predict that we are going to see. Um, Olympic records shattered for scoring yep. because of this. Because yeah, this with, is just a country that has never played hockey at a high level before. Twenty years Full from stop. now, we're going to look back and be like, you know, who has the the third highest career scoring? And Zach Hyman. That's had right. Thirty seven points, thirty six of which came against China. Oh. Yeah, especially because like whoever I don't remember who's coaching Team Canada. I guess it doesn't really matter. Could be uh, you, and they'd be fine. Cooper, isn't uh, it? because it's Canada. They, yeah. You just you just your hardest job is saying, uh, oh, I guess it's uh, the the McDavid line is up now, and then you go, oh, okay, now Crosby's line is up. That's pretty. And that's but, it. That's that's uh, that's all you got to think about. Um, yeah. By by the way, I I, I just want to. Close this by saying congratulations in advance to China on their 2-1 win over Canada and everyone who is finding and clipping this in the future to uh, play back my prediction that, like, Zach Hyman yeah. would have 30 points after uh, it, <laughs> after they, after it, Canada outshoots China 140 to 6. Yeah, and, uh, and Carey Price or, or whoever is like, look, I fell asleep in the middle of the game. It's not my fault. Yeah, that, yeah exactly. <laughs> that those two pucks bounced in from like a, a what otherwise should have been an icing. But um, I, I will say this: if Canada does, you know, even let China score a goal, I think this is the perfect time to have a symposium about what uh, you're doing wrong at the sure. international level. And you know what it's going to be? Uh, spoiler alert: not enough toughness. Not you know, enough. Toughness. Well, that's why they're. That's why they got to bring Wilson over Marner, right? Why like that's... Ryan Reeves should be Canada's thirteenth forward. <laughs> that's right. I call him. That's right. Um, all right, let's talk about another really grim situation, and that is uh, what's going on with the Arizona Coyotes. 
Um, it, it was reported earlier this week that uh, they still owed the city of Glendale a bunch of money from, I believe, last season and then earlier this season. Am I right about that? Yeah, basically they haven't been paying their their taxes or their rent, which is, is um, just shocking. Uh, you know, I know we were all stunned when we heard it, but luckily uh, it turns out there was an innocent explanation. It's just human they, they error. They plum forgot. Yeah, we've all been there, you know. Human error, human error, I think is is the term they use, and it's like, do I believe that? I, look... I I can't imagine that uh, they're like, you know what, let's just not pay our taxes and see what happens. Yeah. But also, I can definitely see that happening. Yeah. So now what? Well, and remember, like, there was the story at the beginning of the year uh, that uh, that Katie Strang wrote where she went into detail on a lot of the dysfunction with this team, and that was a big part of it, was them stiffing everyone on, on bills or, you know, that not paying their their bills and then calling up small businesses and that and demanding that the price be cut and, and this and that and so I, I saw somebody say that the the human error here might have been that somebody applied standard coyotes business practices mm. to somebody who could actually push back on them and could actually do something about it. And right. Maybe that the, was the, the IRS doesn't tend to yeah. uh negotiate. Yeah, and in this case, you know, because it's it's the city here, but you know, it's it's not like they don't send you like an invoice at the beginning of the year and then that's it. And then, oops, I forgot, you know, the 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 envelope fell down behind my desk in the wall, and and I never saw it. They they reach out multiple times, and apparently did in this case. And um, e- even though there is already a pretty fractured relationship between the team and the city, um, I, I'm imagining they didn't as a first resort, go public with this. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the coyotes have assured everyone that, you know, they've, they've already paid, according to some reports, they have paid the tax part of the bill now, but maybe not the rent piece. And, and I don't know. And, and this is all happening against a background where the, the city has already said like, you're, this is your last year here in this arena. You're done after right. the season. And, and, and they were like, oh, sh- like part of the report the other day was basically something along the lines of, we also don't want to be like caught holding the bag and they exactly. leave. And um, n- we never hear from them again. Exactly. Once Which once they've like played possible. their last game and they packed up and they've left, they, there's no leverage for them to actually have to pay. So this is, um, this this was a chance to apply some pressure earlier and, you know, I, I don't think there was ever a realistic chance that, you know, the, the, the headline on the story was, the, or the hook on it was, the Coyotes are going to get kicked out of their own arena in a few weeks. I don't think that was ever a possibility. At the, at the very least, the NHL could kind of forward them some money to pay the bills. But this is a mess. Like, they're, and, and clearly the Coyotes are on the move out of their current arena. Um, the question is where to and and how does that resolve itself? And I'm 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 still not sure. Like I know there's some confusion over at the end of the season. They're they're not in this arena, so where are they going to be? Because yep. everybody still seems to want everyone who has a say seems still seems to want them to be in Arizona. But who knows? And of course, this is also happening. It was only a week ago that we heard that the 
they they there was talk of moving them to Houston, and everybody was just completely How shocked dare and offended. You, sir. How yes. You- why would anybody imply that this uh, NHL team that doesn't have an arena figured out for next season would be moving anywhere other than the great state of Arizona? Just terrible, terrible uh, unresponsive. Oh, wait, whoops, they're not paying their bills. And yeah. So I don't know. Like opening night 2022, where are the Coyotes, do you think? So. I saw somebody yesterday go, you know, there's a little coliseum in Nassau County, Long Island, that could (laughs) potentially play host. And it's like, God, can you fucking imagine if the last NHL team to ever play there was the Arizona Coyotes? That would be... (laughs) Like a Coyotes-Jets game in April, just really running out the string. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's... I mean, there's rinks everywhere. And... There are, yeah, and and so, like, you know, I think people have floated the idea that they just kind of make it a, a traveling circus around the greater Phoenix area, where they just, like, play basically anywhere they can or they can get a skate in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not which... like you need a 20,000-seat arena to hold the, uh, the demand to see yeah. this team. That's right. No, I was actually surprised at how okay they're – like, it hasn't been good, obviously. They're near the bottom of the league. But, like, if you had said to me, oh, they're drawing, like, 3,000 fans a night, I'd have gone, like, fuck it. Of course they are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but it's, like, up around 12, 12 and a half, something like that, which, again, not good, but, like, not as dismal as I would have thought. That's for sure. Yeah, they're, they're ahead of a few teams, including San Jose, which is a little bit uh... – Maybe yeah, surprising. that was that was surprising. Um, but you know, uh that's also one of those things of like are the local restrictions an issue? Like I don't yeah. I don't know the answer to that. But yeah. um the other one obviously is is some combination of every city that has ever been rumored to be getting an NHL team, Houston and Kansas City and Wisconsin, whatever. Like they'll they'll figure it out kind of an idea. Um, because that is, that is, uh, worth noting is that there are multiple AHL teams that play in like NHL size arenas mm-hmm. and could something be worked out that way? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I have no idea, but that, that is the other issue is that, you know, there, there are huge ranks that don't have an NHL tenant at this point. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess it's worth noting that. There's been one franchise move in the last 20 years in the NHL, which is more stability than the NFL, more stability than the NBA, even with Major League Baseball. Like So even though Gary Bettman, when he first came in, there was a bunch of movement that he probably couldn't have done anything about, and, and he sort of got this reputation as this guy who was moving all the teams to non-traditional markets. In the 20-plus years since, it's it's been very stable – but the one time we did see a move with Atlanta in, in Winnipeg, it happened fairly quickly. Like it went from yes. there are rumors to this is happening towards the end of the season quite quite fast. Um, so you, typically in in other leagues, we've seen it. You know, it can be a multi year process. You you can have you know yeah this team's going to move three years from now. In the NHL, it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. It can be it can be quite quick, uh, or at least it has been once before. So, who knows? 
Yeah, I, you know, I, the thing that you're legally required to say is, like, I feel bad for Coyotes fans. Um, yep. And I definitely do, because this is a a really shitty situation that, um, you know, it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to resolve it. I, I, I don't, I, let's put it this way. I don't see how, if you're a Coyotes fan, you're at all convinced this team is staying in Arizona. Because you know, if if you if you're like, oh yeah, we'll only play for like a year or two on Long Island or in Houston or whatever, but then we'll be back. I'd be like, you expect me to fucking believe that? Mm-hmm. If if they sell one extra ticket over what they average in Arizona, why would they come back ever? I I think the big question is going to be if it comes to that if they are anywhere else next year like you you need to see a shovel in the ground on a new arena in Arizona before the end of this season before 100%. I would say before the puck drops in someplace new for sure um but before the end of the season would be would be much better and then even then you know it takes takes a while to to build that um but yeah if it's if if it's a case of we're going somewhere else or even if it's you know somewhere else within Arizona, but we're doing the we don't have a full time home, and and not just plan, but like I say, underway. At that point, I, I it starts to feel like a lost cause. Yeah, it, and like again, you're you're not allowed to say this, like, but like I don't know, is that a viable market really? How how many years have they been there? They were they moved there in ninety six, yeah. right? 96 so, so it's been 25 years 25 years they, of this and i know that people will say you know the market. team's never been good so you can you really judge a market but at some point yeah you can yeah like I, there, I there are a lot could. of like yeah i mean like obviously the islanders uh spent a lot of time not good not drawing etc but like you know that was all that's also a market that's or a region that supports two other teams, whether whether you want to say like Rangers fans would ever give a shit about, or certainly Devils fans would ever give a shit about the Islanders, fair enough. But you know, and and there have been bad uh, there have been bad times in in traditional hockey markets like like Boston when I was Chicago, in yeah, Chicago. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and now like those are unquestioned like bastions of the nhl like how could you ever imagine a a situation where they don't draw and they they spent years not drawing and so yeah it it, you know if the kai the when the coyotes made the playoffs they sold a lot of tickets right that i think that's the thing to say but you know part of the issue is that it becomes a chicken and an egg thing where you're going okay well uh you know we've been bad and that's why we don't draw, but we can't afford to spend because we don't draw. Yeah. And also it's all well and good to say, you know, if a team's not winning, they can't really build a fan base, but you've had 25 years of not winning. So how much rot is in the foundation of whatever fan base you would be? Yeah. Why would anybody ever believe that the coyotes are good, even if they're good for a single season? Yeah. Like we're, we're sort of seeing maybe a test case of that in Florida with the Panthers right now, where they seem legitimately really good. Um, I, I guess we wait and see how that turns out. But no, I mean, I feel like it, it, it. you could fill a book with takes about the Coyotes not being viable and needing to move from the last two decades that turned out to be wrong. So yeah, maybe it maybe it happens again, but I just... It's a tough I, sell at this point, for it's sure. A t- I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to be 
not particularly viable when you have an arena and a lease and all this all these other commitments like right now there doesn't seem to be anything holding them in place um other than probably the nhl's desire to not have them move to a potential expansion market where yes they're gonna take take a big chunk of money off the table yep but i mean at some point you gotta say the nhl just reasonably can't expand anymore right like what are we gonna you know oh yeah here comes quebec city uh, there they paid a billion dollar expansion fee, and um, you know they're 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 the the thirty third team in the NHL, and that means we need another one. It's like at some point yep. you just run out of markets. I mean, right? at some point you do, but especially for this one, like maybe like the NFL could reasonably expand to forty cities, and people would be like, "Yeah, this rocks. I love it." Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I mean, the flip side is. All these owners losing money and in the COVID times and everything. At some point, someone's going to call up Gary Bettman and go, "You know what? You know it'd be nice six hundred million more in expansion fees." Sure. Um, so uh, we'll see. Yeah. You know, Ryan. Speaking of linens, I I don't know. I I hope we were speaking of linens. This ad is pre-recorded, so that transition probably didn't work. But I tried. Uh, The season of gift-giving is officially here, and even if you're scrambling to find just the right presents for your favorite people, do yourself a favor and check out Brook Linen. Even if you've waited until the last minute, I feel a little bit attacked by that that sentence, but even if that's you, their gifts always score major points. Uh, Brook Linen's goal is to create beautiful, high-quality home essentials that don't break the bank, and it's the perfect place to find the best gift. Brook Linen started with bedding, but now they offer all the essentials to make every corner of your home next level comfy. Five-star sheets, uh, that was just the start. Their collection of must-haves now includes everything from dreamy decor to cozy loungewear and their new line of slippers. Uh, I am literally wearing a Brooklyn uh, shirt right now. I did not plan it that way, uh, but I am, and uh, I like it a lot. It's uh, very soft and comfy. So, Give the gift of comfort this holiday season and save while you do it. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code PUCK for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code PUCK, uh, which I assume you know how to spell, for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. brooklinen.com, promo code PUCK. All right, one last thing that we got to talk about, I guess, is um, the Department of Player Safety had a had a busy week. And um, I, you know, I imagine that Sean has more to say about this than I do, just given who was involved or whatever. But um, six games for Jason Spezza for kneeing uh, Neil Pionk, two games for Neil Pionk for going knee-to-knee with uh, Rasmus Sandin, right? It was Sandin? Mm-hmm. Yep. One of the few Rasmai that aren't uh, on the Buffalo Sabers, right. um, so I can. Ne- I'm never. I'm never quite sure which Rasmus I'm talking about. So that's why I had to check. But yeah, um, you know, uh, I think they got. Uh, it's rare that I say this, but I think they got them both absolutely right. I, I'm curious to hear your take on that. Yeah. No. I. I. I think you're about. You're about right there. Um, the Pionk one, I mean, that's it's a needy hit. They're bad. They're dangerous. They're worthy of suspension. Um, they also tend not to be premeditated. It's it's more uh, you know sloppiness where you realize you're 
you're out of position and you kind of go make a reach for a guy and and it's it's a dangerous play and it injured a, a guy who's an important piece of the Leafs uh this year a, a good young defenseman historically that tends to get you a couple of games and that's what it got him the the Spezza thing was significantly different um the fact that it was against the same player uh, who had just thrown the knee-on-knee hit uh, shortly after uh, certainly would lead one to believe that there was some premeditation there. And, and it was just, I mean, it was a knee to the head. Uh, it's a very unusual play, um, but it's it, it's it's a different category. And I get why some yeah. Lee fans are saying, you know, how come... You know, our guy gets three times what their guy got and, and this and that because it was a very different play. And it was, uh, you know, I, I said this on the other show. It, it, there's there's really only two two views I think you can have of this. The, the first is to say that Jason Spencer was just trying to throw a hit. The player he was trying to hit was dropping to the ice and that's why there was the collision uh, with the knee and, and it was just a, a, an attempt at a clean hit gone bad which I think would be a very charitable view, uh, to put it mildly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And the other view is, no, he was trying to knee the guy in the head, in which case it's got to be a big suspension. Like kneeing someone in the head can't be one or two games. Um, It's, it's the, the, there's extremely limited precedent, but there was the, uh, uh, who who was it? Was it James Neal on, on Marchand? Neal on Marchand, yep. And that got five games. Um, and and the other piece of it is, I you know, I know a lot of Leaf fans are saying, and apparently the Leafs organization itself, that that game was a gong show. The rest lost control. It, a Pionk, when he needs uh, Sandine, did not get a penalty. If he gets a penalty there, if they give him a major, kick him out of the game, or or even just, just penalize it, that lowers the temperature, and then maybe the Spezza hit doesn't happen. And all of that's probably true, but none of that should affect Changes the suspension. The fact that it- you you, you can't give a discount on suspensions after a referee misses a call and say now it's open season for payback. I mean that that just that's right. Um, so yeah, it's it's like it it's it stinks for Spezza because he he seems like a good guy and you know if he's he's a likable guy and 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 this kind of late career um, renaissance as like the Maple Leafs giggly grandpa is is kind of cool. But yeah, it's it. You, you got to sit for a while when when you do something like that, and uh, I, I can't sit here and say, you know, cry about Tom Wilson or whoever else is the latest to throw a headshot, and then when it's a guy on my team kneeing somebody in the head, causing a concussion, suddenly start yeah. parsing freeze frames to find out why it's it's not so bad after all. Let me ask you this: I I I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, I feel like we've seen a ton of knee on knee hits this year. Am I wrong yeah. about that? There's there's definitely been a few like there was another one in the the next Jets game where that, yes. that actually did get a penalty and yeah maybe maybe where I don't know if it's the kind of thing where once you notice it you just you notice it everywhere even right. if it's not but yeah there does seem to be more of those because there was a time you know that I'll, I'll do my classic thing here there's a time back in like the 90s where there was an epidemic of these things and you had like the Brian Marchments and guys like that that always seemed to be doing it and it always started a big brawl and you feel it feels like there's been less of it but yeah like i mean the league is so fast these days that it's it's kind of um, yeah i i think like uh, among the things that are considered dirty 
and and suspendable and all that kind of stuff. I think, it, like, to your point earlier, I think going knee-on-knee, knee, like, is such a, like, I didn't, like, when guys go, oh, I didn't mean to go knee-on-knee knee with that guy, I feel bad about it. Like, I think that's the one where I'm always, like, you know what? I buy that. That that so, that checks yeah. that checks there, out for there, me. There's sort of like more. two versions, right? There are ones, and, and again, this is you know the the marchments of the world who had a reputation for it. There's one where like the the body stays in place and the leg comes out. Yeah, and then there's the ones where the whole body goes and you 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 know you see them trying to hit with the shoulder, but the guy dodges and then and then the knees hit and it's still you know it's one of those things where it's like. If if you go to throw a hit in this league, it's on you to throw it clean. And if if you know if you end up making knee on knee contact, but it is it's a tough one because it can be accidental, it can just be sloppy, but it can also have you, you can blow at someone's ACL, like you can end someone's season. It's yes. uh, so it, you know, and there has to be a strong penalty on it. But uh, yeah, it was very strange that Sunday night Leafs Jets game where I mean no penalties handed out and then it got you know it got ugly with the, the you know a couple of fights and there's trash talk between the benches so uh yeah i mean that's what happens when referees let things snowball what did you think of jacob truba those two hits uh yeah, i i'm on the record of like you know i i think it should be the iihf rules of like if there's any head contact that's that's got to be it because like I I think that it's a situation where the you know uh, clearly you've never played hockey before kind of um, takes start coming out let's mm-hmm. say um, but like Jacob Truba hit these guys right in the fucking heads and you can say he didn't mean to or and it's like an unfortunate consequence of playing a contact sport and all that kind of stuff but. Look, if we're going to take concussion seriously, and we should, then, you know, uh, I, I think you got to start, you know, if not if not suspending guys, like, you know, it can be a totally innocent headshot, which sounds like insane to say, but let, let's, let's say that's a thing that can happen. I, I think you, I think you got to start being like, look, we're, you know, you might not have meant to do it. It might not have been the, the the primary point of contact or whatever, you know, like all that stuff just feels like Dops trying to find a way to maneuver out of having to suspend guys for that. And, you know, for me, it's just like, yeah, we're talking about like, again, everything we know about concussions, we're talking about guys fucking lives. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, like you, you get your knee blown out. You might not be able to play again, but like, you know, you're going to be able to live a long, relatively, happy comfortable life uh you know that is not the case with um with with concussions so that that that's my big point of concern with uh with all that kind of thing and i I don't think it's realistic to ever expect the nhl to go down the road of like yeah we will actually suspend for any head contact or anything well i mean the the problem there partly is even the international rules that that everybody loves to cite has quite a few exceptions built in. Like it, yeah. it isn't any head contact is a penalty. It's any head contact is a penalty, except for the following types of head contact. And right, but like I, I think anybody would say it's a it's a more rigorous standard Absolutely. than what yep. than what the NHL brings to the table. So that that's kind of my 
again, like, you know, people are going to say I never played the game or whatever, but like that, first of all, that is true. You got me. Um, but also like, I don't know. I, I think that if you're, if you're sitting there going, look, so sometimes you're just going to get your fucking brains knocked out of your ears. So that's just a fact of life. It's like, oh, that uh, that sounds like that sucks. Actually, yeah. that sounds uh, and, and like something I wouldn't want to defend. Personally. You know what? That that is what what I think the case is because, like the, the two hits that Truba threw, um, were both hits that you know they, they generated debate. The league didn't suspend on either of them. I don't think there was a penalty on either of them. So. I don't think so either, yeah. Clean hits by the letter of the law, but but certainly ones that, you know, people were debating. Um, those are hits that even a few years ago would have been squeaky clean mm-hmm. to, to everybody's view. And we would have loved them. And we would have – we hits like that would have been used to to promote the game. Like that would have been in the in the commercials, and you know, tune in to watch uh, – Watch the Rangers and big hitter Jacob Truba, and you never know when he's going to you know, lay somebody out. So, I, I guess in one sense it's progress. Uh, I'm increasingly of the opinion that I, I still have yet to see any kind of proposal for a rule banning contact to the head that that feels practical to me in a league yeah. where you're still a- allowing big open ice hits. I-, I just don't see a way to say we we want to have those big collisions in this game. Uh, we want that to be a part of the game, but we don't want anyone to ever get hit in the head. Not Not just in the sense of, you know, there will be guys that break the rules and, you know, that kind of thing, but just, just how you have it in general. And, and this is the same, the NFL's, struggling with the same thing where they they want to have those big they want the safety to come over be able to come over and wipe out a receiver but they don't want the receiver to not get up and how do you do that and and i'm increasingly not convinced that in the nhl that that we can that we can do that and i i think yeah it it, it does seem like an impossible like tightrope to walk it, it, it feels like at some point the decision has to be either we have big hits in this league and sometimes you will get the results that we saw this week with guys getting hurt and it sucks. And, but we accept it as part of, um, part of the game or, or we don't. And we do something to say, you know what, do we, do we even need like the one or two big open ice hits a game or a week that we even see these days? Or do we say not that we make this a non-contact sport, but do we change the rules to say that, you know what? No, we don't need, somebody coming across at full speed to wipe somebody out. Uh, and, and I don't know. And and very clearly, the, the NHL's answer today is is door number one, which is big hits, occasional injuries. We, we want to keep it as safe as possible, but that's still going to result in, in scenes like we saw this week. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's a case to be made for both of those arguments. I, I just am increasingly convinced that there isn't a middle ground where we yeah, keep the big hits, but we don't, we don't have guys getting hurt like that. Oh, did you see in the Boston Globe this morning? There was an article about how the Bruins need to add toughness yes. because people are taking runs at Patrice Bergeron. I I saw your your tweet about that. Big time you, chef's kiss. And and you know what? I was shocked because and, and I didn't read the article. I only read the paragraph that you that you grabbed. You're fine. 
But I was shocked that it. there was there was no mention of Sean Thornton, like directly in there. Like there maybe. was a mention of Zdeno Chara. Okay, but I mean, and I, I don't think I don't think even Lucic came up, but Chara definitely got got brought up. Um, and and for those who didn't see it again, it was just like. Uh, Patrice Bergeron's taking a freaking beating out there, and if the Bruins were tougher, and it's like, they got fucking Nick Foligno this summer, like, the, they didn't not get toughness this summer, I don't, I don't know, like, fucking, where's Derek Forbort and all this? But, I guess Derek Forbort is too high-scoring a defenseman to, you know, if, you know, sit in five minutes in the box. Um, if Terry so yeah, O'Reilly that's, uh, is still around. That's right. That's, yeah, that's where we're at, uh, with uh, safety in the league, is is people are still going. You know, if if the Bruins only had so and so, they'd be in great shape. Um, so yeah, it rocks. Uh, but I think that's the show because because that's I mean the the Bruins when they had Sean Thornton, nobody ever got kneed in the head. And, oh wait, no, that's exactly no no that's exactly right. And oh, oh, and that's the other thing too is remember when Sean Thornton, um, who was it, Brooks Orpic, yeah. maybe. Uh, got, it was the same got, game, whatever. wasn't it? Wasn't that the payback for, or or was it uh, mm, later on? No, because no, the, the, the Neil wasn't on the. Oh shit! You know what I was thinking of Brooks or it might have been. It might have been. Um, or it was certainly like that that same Penguins team, yeah. more or less. You it know? may have been a different game, but I think that was the payback. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, when when um, Sean Thornton was like, "I'm going to fight you," and the guy was like, "No, I don't want to fight." Think, I don't think that's true. <laughs> And then Sean Thornton was like, well, I will fight you anyways. And everybody was horrified. Like, can you believe that the fighter guy did fighting? That's right. horrible. And we made him, like, come out and do the press conference and cry and say that he wasn't that sort of player. And, like, meanwhile, yeah, and, and like he did you know, exactly he did, what we all wanted him to do. Until when he got, and when he got the 20 games, uh, he, did, he, much like Jason Spezza, was like, but I've been a good boy this whole time. Yeah, I've played however many years in the league, and I've never been suspended. I never got a fine, and it's like well, first time for everything. Tough shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, anyway, I think that's what, the show. Right? On that note, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Next week we'll have special guest Sean Thornton in studio uh, to to wail on us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely beat the hell out of us for no reason. Well, I guess the reason would be all the stuff we just said. Yeah. Um yeah, that's it. Uh if you want to if you want to sign up for uh Elite Prospects Premium, uh you can do that with the offer code uh I love EP all one word and um that gets you a uh, an extra 3 months tacked on to your annual subscription. Annual only will will uh will get you that that 20% off. So um yeah, that that's about that's about it for me uh plug wise. Yep. Uh you find me on the Athletic uh as well as on the Athletic Hockey Show with Ian Mendez. Uh I don't I don't really have anything specific to plug. My uh my most recent post was me trying to uh build a roster of guys who had the exact same number of goals and assists. So in case you're wondering uh how much I've got going on in terms of the ideas, well, uh there there you go. That's right. Next week, uh, guys who are only one goal and one assist off from having the exact same number. Making notes right now. (laughs) All right. uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, Check out the Patreon. Um, You know, that's where all Greg's stuff is going to be from now on. We've hidden Greg. He's Uh, stuffed in the attic. 
the occluded Wyshynski. Um <laughs> check check it out. We got we we're gonna have a lot of stuff on the Patreon from now on. So uh thanks for listening and we'll see you later. Bye bye. Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got sport the commentary to what if you commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, eats and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hoggy and nonsense. Box soup.